This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Rob Fade for Simi. Good morning. I've had five texts during the commercial break about, yes, you can dance to seal. I am not having this conversation. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to bait me into it. I've had my say. I'm moving on. And we're going to talk about things that I think matter. <laughs> so a question that I asked just before we went to the break is, how did we start measuring hours in a day? Oh, I know what you're thinking. This is up there with the question of, you know, the human head weighs eight pounds. But no, seriously, how did we get to measuring hours in a day for this and much more? Dr. Sarah Simmons, professor of interdisciplinary science and an associate member of the Departments of History, Physics and Astronomy at McMaster University joins me. Doctor, good morning. Hello, Rob. Well, let's get to the basics because I think this has got a lot of forks in the road as we have this conversation. But in its simplest terms, to all of us listening, how did we start measuring hours in a day? Well, I think, first of all, we had to have developed a need to divide the day into different periods. Uh, The day itself, sunrise to sunset, very, very obvious when when it's light outside. This is a new day. But when did we start thinking that we actually needed to divide it into more than just, you know, like early in the day to around the middle of the day to late in the day? down to, okay, we need time periods. We need a set number of them, and we all need to agree. Uh, So first of all, there must have been a need for that. Uh, And then once the need had arisen, then we can start talking about means and methods. I would imagine that the star and the sun had something to do with it at one point. I would assume, and this is just maybe simple logic, but you're looking at someone like the ancient Egyptians, you're looking at people from abroad, because you say that people had to get together on this to make sure that there was a, quote, need, but I, I, I just, I'm still dumbfounded as to how we get into, you know, a 12, a 12-hour day period, a 12-hour night period. How did we come to this conclusion? Well, here we have to look a long way back in history, and we're a little bit hampered because we can only look back as far as we have records um, or continuous oral traditions. So ancient Egypt is a great place to look because we have written records that remain from four, four and a half thousand years ago. And we can look at what people were saying and people were writing. So if we look back about four and a half thousand years ago, um, we're looking at the hieroglyphic text, Egyptian hieroglyphic text of a very, very early age. We find that there is a word that is used in the very first body of literature, the word wenut, which continued to be used all the way through ancient Egyptian culture. So we know what the meaning of it was later on, so we can sort of like, guess that this meaning is almost the same all the way back. That word wenut is translated into other languages as our. So when we look at that word, it gives us a clue the way it's written in hieroglyphs, the little picture writing, has not only phonetic value, but also hieroglyphic signs that give us the meaning of the word. 
And the meaning sign for the word Wenut was a star. So that gives us a clue that this word Wenut, which came to be used for time periods, originally was associated with stars and therefore probably hours of the night first, which I think is really fascinating because we might think that the most obvious thing to do first is divide the daylight time. That doesn't seem to be what happened in ancient Egypt. Well, you know, and I've got a couple of texts on this already, so I'm just going to throw them at you and you can have your say on it. But um, daylight savings has always been a, a bone of contention when it comes to those who think it's right because we get a couple hours or pardon me, an hour later for sun and what have you. And then we take it back in the fall. Is that something that you eventually think will fall by the wayside? Oh, I personally, I'd be very happy if it fell by the wayside. But the important thing about that is that... Um, it has to be an agreement. We have, to, you know, a whole a whole country has to has to make that decision, or or a whole community, maybe province by province. Or uh, you can imagine these conversations like this in the past would be sort of like, oh, our village does it this way, and um, <laughs> when you start talking a lot to the next village, then then you have to say, well, we have to decide how we both do it if we both do it different ways. And then as your sort of worldview gets bigger, you have to have more and more agreement. And of course, now that we're totally global. Uh, these things are these things are big decisions to make. Anybody who's ever tried to schedule a, uh, a call across a couple of different time zones knows, knows that they have to bear all this in mind. And the different times that people change their daylight savings hours is very very difficult. Um, so yeah, I think I think we're all a little bit over it by now, uh, and would like to just keep as much of the same time as we as we can. Doctor, I'm going to throw a real quick question at you. I wish we had more time. I feel like we could do two or three segments on this. <laughs> Will artificial intelligence eventually change the way we look at time? I think everything changes the way we look at time. Going back to what I said earlier about the need. Um, back in ancient Egypt, they obviously had a need for hours. Um, they didn't have minutes and seconds, but we need minutes and seconds. And in sport, for example, we need thousands of seconds to be able to distinguish between uh, two competitors. So we're constantly changing our relationship with time and any new technology that comes up like AI could very well have unforeseen ramifications of the way that we perceive time, measure it and use it. I love it. What a great conversation. Thank you, doctor. I appreciate you doing this for me and let's cross paths again, shall we? At a different time. That would be lovely, Rob. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. you. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Dr. Sarah Simmons, Professor of uh, Interdisciplinary Science and an Associate Member in the Departments of History, Physics, and Astronomy at McMaster University. I don't think she was going to be impressed that I have a high school diploma from Lester B. Pearson in Toronto. <laughs> she was in school a little bit longer than I will.